On episode 274 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how to use mindfulness to develop a winning mindset with coach Micah Babel. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the show. This is Mehrban, and I'm happy to have you back here listening, or if it's your first time, welcome, welcome. I've been going through the Tennis Summit archives and found just so much great material, and I'm really looking forward to Tennis Summit 2023 in uh, you know next April, but one lesson that I found that was super helpful was on how to use mindfulness to develop a winning mindset uh, with Coach Micah Babel. And if you didn't know, Micah played on the WTA Tour at a very high level. Uh, she played on it for ten years and was ranked number 27 in singles and number 45 in doubles at her height. She's also the founder of Micah Babel Coaching, where she focuses on mental skills training and tennis coaching for tennis players of all levels. She was also the women's tennis assistant coach at Tulane University and at Vanderbilt University. And on this talk that she gave for my audience that I'm going to uh, present to you in a sec, um, she talked about a lot of really powerful topics including the power of mindfulness and how to incorporate it into your training to supercharge your on-court performance. And she even gave us a simple eight-minute meditation exercise that you could perform to improve your performance, which is fantastic. So you'll hear uh, during the latter part of the talk, um, she guides you through this meditation, which is fantastic. She also talks about how to recognize when your mind goes astray and how to refocus into the present, uh, how to label your emotions correctly, and much more. So uh, this is a very powerful episode here, in my opinion, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. So without further ado, here is Coach Micah Babel on how to use mindfulness to develop a winning mindset. everyone. My name is Mike Babel. I'm a former top 30 WTA player. I represented Germany in Fight Cup play and I competed in 19 Grand Slams. And I want to talk to you about a skill today that unfortunately I only discovered after I played. Um, and it would have been a skill that would have come in extremely handy because um, I was one of the players that oftentimes stuck in the past uh, and still being upset about points that I had lost two games before, or I projected into the future what would happen if I lost this particular match. So the skill that I want to teach um, you today is called Mindful Awareness Meditation, or short mindfulness. So um, we're going to go over why we need it, what it is, and then how we do it. So just to give you a little preview, you've probably heard that a ton of times, that a coach says, and I've heard that plenty of times in my career, Stay in the present, 
focus on the presence, uh, play one point at a time. But how do I really do that when all I feel capable in the moment is cracking a racket? And I cracked a lot of them and it was completely useless. Of course, it didn't help me. Had somebody taught me to actually pay attention to what's going on in my mind, what's going on in my body, and to help me label emotions correctly, um, I would have been a much better player and I can guarantee you that I would have enjoyed my journey as a professional player a lot more. Um, because as professionals, we're no different from any other players, regardless of level, right? Whether you're a player at 3-5 and you're maybe the last match on um, and everybody's watching you and it's your match that decides whether you're going to state or not, or you're a new player and you're going out to play doubles with a group of new people for the first time. We all face stress and stress literally hijacks our brain. And that is where we need that skill of mindful awareness meditation or short mindfulness. Because the classic definition of that is to be able to stay in the present, to pay attention to the present moment on purpose. So again, why we need it, what it is, and how we do it will come up next. Why do we need mindfulness? Why do we need a skill that allows us in the heat of battle to correctly label our thoughts, our emotions, and our feelings? To me, quite simply, the answer is because tennis is an incredible, incredible difficult sport to play. It's an incredibly stressful sport to play for a couple of reasons. You play it alone. Most of the time, yes, in college you have coaching, in high school you may have coaching on the WTA tour, they experiment with it, but most of the time you are out there by yourself. Uh, even if you play doubles, yes, you have somebody, but that other person can be another factor for stress. Um, the other reason is that you have to play all positions, right? If you're, let's say, a goalie in soccer, they're not all of a sudden going to throw you into the defense or as a midfielder or as a striker. Um, in tennis, you have to play everything. You cannot get subbed out. If you're having a bad day, trust me, everybody sees it, or at least to us, it feels that way. Um, the other thing is that we have a very, very weird scoring system and we have to finish matches actively. You can't just hope that the other person goes away. Oh, wait a minute. I've, I've done that. Yes, I've, I've done that. I have not finished matches um, even though I was in the lead. I have come back from big deficits, but tennis, again, is very weird. We can't let the clock run down. So those are a couple of reasons why tennis is stressful. Now, the definition that I like to use with uh, my players or the people I work with of stress is the belief, the belief that he or she has that they do not have the capability of dealing with the adversity at the moment. Whether that is true or not, if I believe that I cannot deal with what's being thrown at me, I am experiencing stress. And I want to briefly go over the physical and then the mental uh, signs of stress. And that is why we need mindfulness because we need to accurately label what is going on right now. So little exercise for you guys. Uh, just close your eyes for a second and go back to an extremely stressful match. What were the physical signs that you felt? I can go through a couple of matches that I played and all of a sudden I felt tight everywhere. I couldn't move anymore. 
Whereas before in practice or even in the first set still, uh, everything was round and smooth. Now everything feels choppy and I'm starting to shank everything. Um, my breathing goes very rapid and very shallow. Uh, my heartbeat races, goes nuts. And uh, I might get nauseous, butterflies before a match even. Um, all those are things that are perfectly normal. They're perfectly normal. But of course, we don't necessarily need them when we play a match. Now, what are some mental things that go on? And again, I'm going back to my own career. Um, I had matches where I felt absolutely in control of the match, had a great game plan, was able to pay attention to it, was able to execute it. And then things got a little tighter. All of a sudden, instead of structuring the point, like coach had talked to me about, um, I'm going for the quick fixes. I'm starting to drop shot. I'm starting to play serve and volley. Completely nothing that I had done before. But what is happening is that I wanted to get out of that stressful reaction, out of that stress reaction, right? Out of that situation that physically makes me uncomfortable. And of course, one other thing that happens is you get negative. You get negative, you are just focusing on the things that are not going well. And of course your brain starts to jump around all over the place. It goes into the future. It is something that I struggled with a lot, worries about how am I going to pay for my coach? How am I affording to go to the next tournament? Uh, if I lose this match, I'm not gonna get enough points to get into the next tournament. What if I'm losing you know, spots in the ranking? So that's all present. Based, uh, sorry, future based, of course. Um, and then, of course, you go into the past, right? You're ruminating about matches that you lost, maybe because you also double faulted two or three times, or you were up 5 2. Oh, here I go again. I'm giving up a lead. So, those are things that the brain does to you. And that is where we need mindful awareness. And why our brain goes into that response comes up next the fight, flight, or freeze response. Um, or stress response, very simply, was adaptive back in the Stone Ages when we had to fight off predators, when we had to fight other tribes, and every single day was a fight for survival. Um, you needed an autopilot reaction, and you did not need long, rational discussions about what you would do if a predator jumped out in front of you. Imagine that. You're going, hmm, how am I going to fight off that saber-toothed tiger? Shall I pick up a stone? Should I run away? Hmm. By that time you were lunch. So back then it was adaptive. The proper um, response helped you survive. Now the problem with that is that your brain hasn't gotten the memo that a third set tiebreaker is not a life-threatening event, as much as we may think it is because we're getting so stressed out about it. So that is why we need mindfulness. We need a tool that lets us recognize when our mind goes out of control. And that is really what it feels like when we spin into ruminations or projections. Um, and we need that tool that helps us correctly um, label emotions and things that go on in our brain and in our bodies. So what now really is mindful awareness meditation? How do we do it? Stay tuned in the next video. Now we come to the nitty gritty. What do we do when we meditate mindfully? Um, let me preface that with one thing. Thank you, thank you, Novak Djokovic and Bianca Andreescu, because 
you two have started talking about this as one of the biggest improvements uh, or one of the uh, biggest helpers in your improvement. Um, and now that top stars uh, like those two or LeBron James in um, basketball are talking about it and have it made a part of their daily regime, of their daily practice, it is so much easier for me as a mental skills coach to introduce that skill. Um, because in the past, when it was not quite as uh, much of a buzzword, to be honest, people ask me this, like, Micah, how do I do this when you actually want me to sit down in a chair and breathe and watch my breath and all that? I mean, yeah, that sounds great, but how do I do that in the match then? Mindful awareness works like any other skill that you're trying to uh, learn. You have to learn it in a very slow uh, version first, meaning you're sitting down. It's in a safe and controlled environment. And then later on, once you mastered certain stages of it, you can take it out on the court. But I will give you the basic form of how we meditate. And what it is, I know a lot of people also go like, oh, meditation, that sounds kind of like woo-woo. No, no, no. This is a scientifically researched practice that actually helps you to improve the function in your prefrontal cortex. That is where we have our rational thinking capabilities and reduces, literally reduces the size of the amygdala. This is our oldest uh, part of the brain, also called the fear center. So what you're doing in meditation is you use the one tool that you have at your disposal at all times. You use your breath. You focus on your breathing. And when your mind wanders, which it inevitably will, because that is what your mind is supposed to do. It is supposed to think. When you, mind, when you feel that your mind is wandering, you simply come back to your breath and you focus on where you feel the breath the most. Could be your chest, could be your belly. Uh, when I meditate, I feel it mostly in my nostrils. I feel the colder air coming in and on my out breath, I feel the uh, warmer air coming out. And what your training is to recognize that your brain is gone. Totally nuts. You may go into like, hmm, what am I gonna eat for lunch? It's like, oh, rats, I still have to go and uh, get groceries. It's like, why did I say that thing to my boss? It's like, what did my partner mean when they said that? It's like, there will be things that have nothing to do with what you're trying to do. And that is good because each repetition, each time you realize that your mind has strayed is a repetition like a push up, for instance. If you're training a muscle, you have to do certain repetitions of whatever that is. Uh, Push-up, bench presses, bench presses, squats, whatever it is. You get better with repetition. Every time you catch your mind straying and you bring it back to your focal point, your breath, that is a repetition. Which brings me to another point, failure. So in essence, when you're failing to pay attention to your breath and meditation, that is a success. So wrap your head around that, that we're actually celebrating a failure. How many of us are good with celebrating failure? I certainly wasn't. So that is one of the other radical aspects of meditation. So in a minute, we'll get ready and I'll walk you through the meditation, but just get ready to not be that great at it in the beginning and practice self-compassion because that is another um, characteristic of mindfulness, awareness, meditation that you learn to be gentler with yourself, kinder with yourself. And I know people are freaking out. It's like, woo, this is woo woo. We need to like be out there and be tough and strong and all that kind of stuff. 
Trust me, if I had been a little more compassionate towards myself, a little kinder towards myself, again, I would have enjoyed my journey as a player a little bit more. So simply, when your mind strays and you notice it and it will go off in tangents, gently bring your breath back or your attention back to your breathing. And don't beat yourself up. It's a non-judgmental practice. So I'll see you back in a minute and um, actually pull up a chair. No, I mean it. Do pull up a chair. See you back in a second. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Before we get started with our mindfulness exercise, I'm inviting you to let go of all distractions, meaning that you turn off your phone, that you let people in your household know that you're going to take about 10 minutes uh, to just be quiet by yourself and that you would appreciate um, that you're not getting distracted. Once you're ready, I'm inviting you to take a seat, just in a regular chair on the couch is fine, plant your feet on the ground and sit back. Ideally, your back is supported. You don't have to sit in any kind of weird way. You don't have to sit cross-legged, just normally in a chair with somewhat erect back. And then go ahead and gently close your eyes if you're comfortable. And take two deep breaths in. Just notice how your lungs fill with air and then exhale. In every mindfulness practice, we're starting with a grounding exercise in which we use all our five senses. So when you're ready, try to observe any sounds around you. Is there anything in your room that you can hear? Maybe the turning off or on of the air condition. Maybe you'll become aware of your own breathing. You hear the sound. Just check in. What can you hear? And then focus your attention on tactile experiences. Maybe you can feel how you're sitting in the chair, your feet touching the ground. Your back touching the chair or the sofa, maybe clothes on your skin, and then shift your attention to your eyes. Even if you have your eyes closed, there is still some play with shadow and light behind your eyelids. And then move on to any smells that you can detect. Or maybe there are none. Just checking in with your senses because you always have them about you. You can always rely on them. And then moving on to taste. Maybe you can still taste the last sip of coffee. Maybe you just brushed your teeth. 
well, maybe there is an absence of taste that is all good. Try to play with your senses a little bit that way and see if you can stack all the experiences that you can detect. Sound, touch, sight, smell, and taste. And when you're ready, take one more deep breath in. And simply start to pay attention to where you feel the breath the most. Could be the rise, the fall of your chest, of your belly, or how the breath passes your nostrils on the in-breath and then on the out-breath. There's no reason to change your breathing in any way. You don't have to force anything. Just regular breathing is good. There's nowhere else you have to be right now, nothing to do, but just be. And that way you just continue to focus on your breath. And every time you catch your mind drifting off into something else, just gently remind yourself that you want to take the breath as your focal point. Again, just when you feel that your mind is going somewhere else, that your thoughts have strayed, gently and non-judgmentally bring your attention back to your breathing. You may notice thoughts about your body that you get uncomfortable sitting still. Just notice, don't judge it. Try to not fidget. Just simply sit with your thoughts as they arise, as you label them as thought, and as you let them go and return to your breathing. You will notice again that your mind is going on tangents, possibly, that it wants to start telling you stories. Just notice that. No judgment. And just come back to your breath.
when you're ready, take two deep breaths in and release. Gently open your eyes and come back into the room just for another 10-15 seconds. Notice what your first impressions are as you come out of your mindful awareness meditation. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed this experience. Now let's talk about the follow-up, the plan of action. So we know now why we need mindfulness, what it is, and how we do it. Now how do we integrate it into our daily practice routine? Start with five minutes a day. You have five minutes. Ideally do it before you do anything in the morning, before you go to your computer, before you go to your phone, because it sets the tone for the day. Um, the second week you go to 10 minutes, two times five or a block of 10 minutes. And then in the third week, and for the rest of your life, 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day for the rest of your life, and I can guarantee you that you will find yourself not just on court, but also in life, less reactive. And you find yourself more often going, hmm, wait, I'm wanting to react to this. Do I have to react to that? No, you don't. You find yourself answering that question a lot more times. Now, how do I use this skill when I play? After each point, you know the drill, turn away from the court, take a couple of deep breaths. And because you used your breath as the anchor, as the cue that you need to start monitoring what's happening to your thoughts, your feelings, and to your body, your brain will automatically start doing the exact same thing. And when you then find a thought, just like in practice, in your chair, that a thought is not helpful, that a thought is there that you don't need right now, just touch it and let it go without judgment, and with a lot of self-compassion. That is how you use mindful awareness. All right, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode with Coach Micah Babel on how to use mindfulness to develop a winning mindset. And definitely highly encourage you to check out her content at micahbabel.com. I'll have all the links in the show notes page as usual. Uh, you can always go to tennisfiles.com slash podcast uh, to check out all the episodes and the show notes for all of them. Uh, I also would like to ask that if you haven't yet, I uh, really appreciate it if you leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast and you can do that on your favorite podcast app of choice that you use to listen to the show or at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts. It would really help the show out. So would very much appreciate that if you could take a few um, seconds or a minute or two to do that. And also just want to leave you with a quote, as I often do at the end of each show, and this one is by Lao Tzu. And Lao Tzu said, uh, mastering others is strength, but mastering yourself is true power. That is extremely true <laughs> and very difficult. Uh, so, but you can do it, obviously. Um, so with that, thanks so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. This is your host, Mirabhan Aranshad signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit tennisfiles.com.